All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Why are the playoffs better at Boston Pizza? Because we've optimized our sports bar experience by studying in-depth analytics, starting with our new BP Wing Ribs, currently leading all apps in wings above replacement, and deep-fried pickle wedges, an early favorite for the unanimous number one overall pickle. And, of course, the advanced stats darling and leader in pints per game, the new Beer Mosa. Catch the playoffs at Boston Pizza, powered by Fanalytics. You're listening to Oilers Nation Radio, presented by The Nation Network. Subscribe for free on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts from. Oilers Nation Radio episode, who cares? I'm angry. (laughs) Bag Milk, Liam, Dan, Rick, Tyler, we're all here. Game three, we're going to talk about it. I don't want to. I said we should talk about Big Brother Canada, but nobody else wanted to. So fine, we will talk about the Oilers. And as we do every week, or every episode, I should say, we start off with a shout out to our friends at Oodle Noodle. 18 locations and counting. Go get a free sticker if you're in Edmonton. They're out of stickers. Let us know. We will have them restocked ASAP Rocky. Got it? Good. Tyler, what do you got for a delicious debate today? In honor of this being episode 290 of the podcast, we present 290 reasons why the Oilers lost game three. Could we do it? Maybe. Probably. (laughs) Anyways, uh, the delicious debate is... 290 (laughs) passes to no one in particular. We'll go back through the game film and just say every pass individually. Mm -hmm. 834 mark of the first. CC intended for Kane. Picked off. How many many completed (laughs) passes did you bet on yesterday? And how many were there? (laughs) The under hit. You know what's driving me nuts? Like, I know we're going to get into the delicious debate, but on the pass joke, like the Oilers just lobbing it up center as if that was a great breakout play all the time was driving me nuts. Anyway, go ahead. I, I also just staying on that. I like that they were sitting there and tried a couple home run passes early in the game and they got picked off and we're like, ah, now we're due to get one. I just yeah. kept trying it. <laughs> it's like, just like every oh, third play shit. is a Hail Mary. Eventually you will get one. All right. Anyways, the okay. delicious debate today is this. Why did the Oilers lose game three? Alternate theory, Liam. Yesterday was the first game they played at home since game five against the LA Kings. That is three months ago. So what's the thinking behind like that being your. The reason I was thinking about it before the game yesterday is we've seen countless examples, not just with the Oilers of teams going out on a long road trip. And the first game back is just a shit show because you get back into your normal life. You play with the dog, you go for your wherever you go just living your life and you're not kind of zoned in on where you should be. And again, it's anecdotal. I'm not saying that yeah, that's yeah, the yeah. reason for it, but we've seen it around the league countless times after well, a long road trip. Sports. Yeah. Multiple like I do sports. actually kind of, I do agree with you on so it I, as well. You we should have seen it coming a little bit more. Maybe. Definitely part of it. I, I like, I'm not blaming the fact that they were gone for 10 days or whatever it is for the reason that they lost last night. But like, 
I feel like it's probably part of it. Mm-hmm. I would have stuck him out in a hotel in Nisku. No water slides. <laughs> that's the worst part. Just a motel. You have a family diner attached at the lobby and that's all you get. So depending on when they would have flown out to LA for that game six, because remember there was a three day gap. Their last night at home might've been the 26th, I guess of April. So that means they've been on the road for like, yeah, almost two weeks. So like, uh, again, it's anecdotal, but it's something we've seen multiple times. And it just, I was thinking about it going into last night's game. And I was just like, I hope that they're fucking focused and dialed in because you get home and you just, you resume your life. Yeah. You know, I don't know. I mean, it makes sense. Like you kind of get into the habits of when you're on the road, it's like, Hey, what is, what's the team doing? What's our plan? Like what, what do they have laid out for us? Like you go home and say, like, I'm going to sit on the couch and hang out for a little bit. That's what yeah, I'm you got you two weeks where the BB can you got to get caught up on and all of a yeah. sudden you're in bed at 2 a.m. You know? Yeah. Anyone else got an answer? I, <laughs> I just think that the Vegas Golden Knights were better than the Edmonton Oilers last night. I think that that happens. I think that, uh, that this team, you know, is way more capable of what they showed yesterday. And I think that they can beat this Vegas Golden Knights team, but I just think that that was one of those games. You just throw it in the trash pit and you move on. Oh, you definitely do that. But I sure I just like, I don't know. I I don't know if that's the answer bag milk. I don't know what the answer is. I just, it was uh, yeah, I don't know. It just, I think it happens. I'm not going to give Well, Vegas has a little bit of credit on this, but I think more importantly, it's the Oilers who beat the Oilers last night. Yes. There was a lot of that. I'm not willing to say Vegas was a good team last night. No, they, they, was they, whatever they did it, they finished the, the game. They were up, whatever. They capitalized on their chances, all that shit. But the Edmonton Oilers are and always will be their biggest opponent right now. And it's frustrating to watch because we've seen them come out and absolutely dummy some of the best teams in the league. Like, I'll give Vegas credit for executing well and playing a simple game, whereas the Oilers did none of that. But they, yeah, but it wasn't like a high skilled game. It wasn't. But they, they absolutely I don't think Vegas really did anything. But the they Oilers went north, shot themselves in the foot yeah, repeatedly. That's and that's what I mean. Like Vegas, they sat, they did north south, very simple. They sat back and waited, picked off Oilers passes to no one in particular, countless times. It was a lot Whereas of one in game off. two, like yeah. there was no side to side passes really, unless you had a clear lane. But last night they were trying to whip shit across the ice all over the place, and it was like it was tough to watch. Yeah, tape to tape passes last night were few and far between. A lot of into the yeah. feet. A lot of into the feet. A lot of a foot, wa- a foot long, foot and then short. Close like, to the net. A lot of into the feet. No shots the wrong, on Aiden the Hill. Wrong side for the for the shooter. Like I remember, there was one. There was a pass to, from Leon to Bush down low, and it was off Le- uh, Bush's left foot. Tried to stop it, but he's a right shot. So so sk- his stick's not even close to that. If that's a left-handed shot, that puck's going in on a one-timer. But on yeah. with Bush there, it, it was just it was uh, impossible from doing anything. Yeah, I would give my reason being I think the team defense was horrendous. Yep. There was just mistakes, like Mr. Simons, like obviously the Zach Whiteclaw goal is the one that stands out the most, where they just nurse and Fogel just didn't do the switch and just like to each other. And then CeCe didn't force him. CeCe let him come in and shoot. I think CeCe in could too. have done a little bit more in there too. Yeah, you're going to force that guy at that point and hope one of those guys who just <laughs> made the mess at the blue line get the hell back and cover your guy. I think so too. And you look at the replay and it kind of looks like nurse at least gets back to check the guy who CeCe would yeah. have been covering. But yeah, eventually like, the assignment has already been blown because you messed it up at the blue line and the whole idea is gone. So you've just got to step up and try and deal with that situation. But yeah, and that's where I think communication comes into this. Like yeah, CC has to time. see that, step up, and just tell one of those guys, hey, cover him and go out and take this guy. Yeah, and I think another reason for me is the will. They just didn't seem to have a will to actually want to win that hockey game at many points. I think the first, like eight minutes or so of the game. They were like, okay, let's do it. And then we're buzzing. Yeah. And then Evander Kane tried to get something going right at the end of the period with um, Petrangelo. And then after that, it was, it, it was down. As it soon as the yeah, first period was, you know, I, I very much disliked the officiating in the first period. There were four blatant calls. I thought you missed. And I don't One led, like at least the Yamo high miss high stick. That was directly led to a goal. Yeah. Dude, the, and the McLeod one right after was brutal. McLeod one. And then, and then he tries to say it's a, uh, it's a follow through. That's like the reference that's what they said on TV. So the announcers were trying to. It was, surmise. and then there's the neon hymen, and then the cross check the back of Bush's head. Those are four. And I don't care. How, and I know you're not supposed to blame the refs, and I get it. You're supposed to be better, blah, blah, blah. But I don't care how bad you play. 
those are penalties. And in 100%. a multi-billion dollar company or whatever the NHL makes, you need to have officials out there making those calls. And then the Evander Kane thing was a direct result of those four calls not being made. Well, so, and then also, so the Evander Kane thing, yes, he had his stick up high. I'm not saying he did not get a penalty on Petrangelo. But, but the punch how right about the four guys jumping right in <laughs> and popping him from the back? Like none of that? Okay. Yeah. I you can't. It's very, and I, I hate being the conspiracy theory guy, but you can't look at that game and not say, I believe the NA, the, the refs are doing this because of what Kane did last game. Or because they don't want to the, give the others power, power play to do whatever they do. So that like, again, I know you said you're not supposed to bitch about the refs. I get that mindset, but I just feel like sometimes people and even an analyst go so far to be like the refs aren't a problem. The refs aren't a problem. The refs aren't a problem. And it doesn't make sense to me. If I was ranking one through 290 reasons, the Oilers lost that hockey game last night. Number one is officiating because it was a very straight up game. very beginning of the game. And I do not understand any argument against that being number one on the list. Did the Oilers struggle to fight through adversity? Yep. But guess where that adversity came from? Mm. The refs. Did the Oilers struggle in the second period of that game and then not get momentum back? Yeah, sure. But you know what? They started that period shorthanded. Why? The refs. Did the Oilers go down 2-1 after going up one nothing? Yep. What happened 20 seconds, like 12 seconds before the goal? Missed high stick on Yamamoto. How many times we as a collective here, you know, we're not experts or anything. We're not watching a thousand hockey games a year, but we watch a lot of hockey in this room. How many times have you seen a player snap his head back because of a high stick and have it not be called more often? It's the other way. He snaps his head back for no reason. And the refs itching mm -hmm. fucking rights, high stick, head <laughs> yeah. snap back. The officiating was terrible. And if the Oilers lose this series, it comes back to that hockey game. Same, Vegas. same duo, I believe as game one versus uh, LA. And we Vegas. Had a, same issue with, with that game. <laughs> eight minutes on the power John play. Vegas had eight three. minutes on the power play last night. Edmonton had 34 seconds. There was because again, there was the garbage time power play call, which I don't count that at all. That's officials trying to make themselves look that's better exactly on the stat yeah. sheet. Yeah. And that's a fucking joke. And the other one, you're right, was one that negated a Golden Knights power play. They always got 30 seconds of power play time. They were already down five one at that point. It's ridiculous. Yeah. And again, people, oh, it's not the ref's fault. Not the ref's fault. Yeah, the Oilers should have fought through that better. They shouldn't have totally folded like a cheap tent in the second period. I get it. Their star players weren't good last night. Leon Dreisaitl, I, I don't know if he had to be brought back down to earth or back into this because he's still probably not down to earth. He needed to be brought back into like this atmosphere from yeah, how hot he was. Yeah. yeah. He was brutal. Stuart Skinner, you got to At some point, you got to have a big game for us, buddy. All of this stuff. But number one is the officiating and people go so far out of their way in their analysis to be like, it was not the ref's fault. Sometimes you can sit there and say it was the ref's fault. I, I, I don't know the issue with it. Like, I don't know why the refs can't be a storyline in games sometimes, especially like what basically just riled off Tyler. We didn't even talk about the Hyman knee on knee either. Like basically. Which he's it. not at practice today. No, I like it ruined his game. And yeah, a, a mistake by the officials led directly to an, and a Vegas Golden Knights goal, which was the game winning goal. Yeah. Like it was a mistake and it's okay to say, cause they were not good in the first period, but also the Oilers didn't do anything after that to help themselves. Yep. I, I think that, I think that some of the, like, don't blame the officiating conversation comes from the fact that people demand that the players overcome that officiating issue, right? Yeah. That, that they want their team to overcome that. Uh, but I, I think it's pretty silly of, analysts or anybody to say that fans should not be critical of the referees. That's like literally all we can do is converse <laughs> and talk about it and be upset about it. Like I, it's, it's, that's such a silly notion to always have about these things. And I mean, like, obviously the referees play a role with this team all the time. Our power play is, is lethal. So we, we get the, we're the benefit of it and we're the, the, you know, the negative beneficiary of it as well. You know, I just, it, it, that's why I say like for this team, you're just going to bin it. You bin the game and then you move on, but you're right as a fan base. And as analysts, we have to talk about that and yeah. we have to keep that conversation going. And avoiding giving power plays because the team is so damn good is managing a game. It's that's, and I, I last night was prime game. Man, I don't want to call it match well, fixing. Cause I don't think they're out there trying to make uh, Vegas win, but they're definitely preventing the Oilers from being on the power play. And I think that that's the part that I think that, that not, it doesn't get talked about enough is the, the ticky tacky penalties at the end of the game. And that'll help that in the moment we don't talk about it. Right. But, 
10, 10 days down the road, that whitewashes that panel, that game for the referees a yeah. little bit because it makes it look like the power plays were way more even than they were. I talked to Sean Bell about that on Owen every day. And like, as soon as I brought up that late call, he got like a smirk on his face. Cause if for guys like that, that have played the highest levels of hockey, you know, what it is. You know they know what it is. Mm-hmm. Coaches get fined for that stuff a lot because that's the stuff that just sets them off is a ref who wants to be able to go to his boss and go, what are you talking about? Power plays were four, two. That's not that bad. Okay, we'll dig into the numbers. Like you did BM in the first 40 minutes of that hockey game. Woo, they were all Vegas. And then the missed calls too. It was just, it was an embarrassing night from the officials for the NHL. Because the Oilers went two for two in the first period against yep. Vegas. The game and, you, and you, I guarantee you those refs tonight, it was, or last night, it was in their head like, okay, don't give the game to Edmonton early, right? We want to set the tone here for a good hockey game. Well, you, you try so hard to not, be, to not make an impact on the game that you change the game. We can replace them with robots. Hopefully like there's going to be some kind of AI app here coming soon. So, Come on. Yeah. I, I, I saw a video and it's with, I just like bringing up his name because of 2006 yeah, and whatever you. it was Rod Brindamore. I love and Rod oh, Brindamore yeah, had something about putting two guys in the, two guys on the ice, two guys in the box, the guys in the box, they watch the computers, they watch the screens and you know, it's a quick whistle, whatever they fix it. But he was, he, the way he had it was just, it, it just seemed to be so much better uh, for today's yeah. game right now. His idea was to basically put one of the two refs in the penalty box with like a replay setup. So like on that Yamo play where he's high sticked, the ref could be sitting there watching the game and go, okay, quickly, I need to see another angle, pull back. That's a penalty. And then he could just blow his whistle from the penalty box, play stops. He goes at 1835, there was a high sticking penalty, like whatever. There have no more missed calls. So VAR is kind of like that. Yeah. Like you, if a team scores, you can pull it back to see if there was a foul or a penalty. In this case, that call was happened before that, which would then prevent the goal from happening. People don't like it, but it's usually the right call nine times out of 10. And I would rather have that at the end of the day. It's funny that you can't challenge that though. You can challenge a goal because 45 seconds ago, there was a hand pass. (laughs) Yeah. But not that. But but we can't challenge a penalty. I don't get that. I don't get that. Don't challenge well, high stick. I, I mean, it's like the NBA. I've talked about it before here, where it's they they, they wave pass. their finger they in the air to let the hand the, pass thing there. We went through that a couple of games ago, wasn't it? it wasn't yeah. that late? There's a hand yeah. pass. Something like that. Yeah, yeah I, I just. Um, so you can challenge a hand pass, but you can't challenge a penalty. Oh yeah, it was uh, DeBru- Jake DeBrusque in the game seven versus Florida, right? Or game yeah, the, six, where he like kind of. Game basically seven. fell on the puck and they just knocked it. Well, didn't the puck go off Connor too or something like that? I don't remember. The McDavid one? Overall, refs stink. stink. Oh, that was a high stick. That's Double what it was. Yeah, yeah, so the yeah. high stick and a glove pass, you can you can sit there and challenge, but you can't challenge a penalty. But the... Oh, yeah, I guess. Was that, way, right? was that... Yeah, that was, that was the Oilers that were yeah, challenging. The high there. stick was the Oilers. Hmm. And then the glove pass was, was, was it the is, Bruins. It is weird that Woody can't challenge and say, hey, the play should have been blown dead for a high sticking penalty. Yeah. yeah. And they go, like, if Woody says, it's not like Woody can sit Kupel, there. Hold on, hold on. Proper respect. Mr. Koopal, I believe, would be the one. I know, yeah. <laughs> but I'm saying, like, it's not like Woody can call the ref over and say, hey, I want to review the last two minutes to see if there were any penalties. Like, it should have to be like a, a specific. Koopal calls down. Okay. I got Eichel high stick penalty, yeah. at the minute five mark. Eichel high stick Yamamoto behind the net, minute five mark. Go watch it. Yeah. And they go, High stick. Yes. There's no goal. Oilers power play. Like it should There's work no that reason simple. why you can't, given that you can call offside long before the, a goal goes in. Yeah. I just, I've been screaming about it the whole time with this video review thing. As soon as you take video review and make it not a report on what the referees are doing, and it's a tool that the referees can use, that's when it, it becomes infinitely better. It, it, like right now, it is a tool that is. It's a snitch line. On, yeah. It's telling on the referees <laughs> yeah. for doing it wrong. And they have to, some calls, they have to admit it themselves. They have to come out and say, yeah, I did it wrong. So dumb. It's crazy. But until you make it a tool, it's going to be this. And and I'll, I'll, now, do we have all the refing stuff out of our system? Because there's another I'm, point. I I'm make. good for refs. Yeah, <laughs> like it, it is a big story. We spent I just mean, the 10 first minutes talking about in those four plays. Yep. Uh, but also, I so I mentioned you know Stuart Skinner at some point he's got to make a big save. I was this close. I had the tweet in my brain. I was excited to hit send when the period ended. I was going to tweet statement period by Stuart Skinner because he had stopped like 15 of 16 shots. And if that call on Yamamoto gets made, we're sitting here today talking about, man, Stuart Skinner held them in the game. They scored on that power play to go up 2-1 at the end of the first. The night's (laughs) different. And I I feel bad for Skinner. And he was in the starters net today at practice. So they might be going back to him. I, I feel for Skinner. He should have stopped that white cloud one. I didn't love that goal, 
It's a really good shot, though. It's a, it's a good shot, but right like it's, it's a hell of a shot. Right in the side of the post, up in the top corner. And it's the, my bigger style. problem was not with Stu not making that save. Is just how much time did White Cloud have to just walk in and pick his spot? Yeah, yeah, that was Nurse and Fogel just miscommunicating. Fogel chased not even his guy, the other guy out of the zone. It was very confusing. Um, but like, I feel bad for Stu though. Like he had to get yanked again on a night where. I mean, like Eichel coming in point blank after Bouchard blows a tire. What is going on? That first goal, Cody Cece, do literally oh anything. Goodness. I'm begging you, please. Yeah, Just, that one like, was right in front of me and it hurt real bad. Like Cody Cece is like sitting there watching. I think it was Eichel. Just watching him being like, all right, where is he going? And then Eichel throws it in front and they score. Cody's oh, ass shit. on the ground. Yeah. It's the easiest play in hockey. Push also, him as hard as you can so his face hits the ice and like, he's crying. You don't even have, you don't even have to like cross check him or no. splash him. Like you're a defenseman in front of your own net. Use your hands push him. and you can push him. It's yes. like that's not a penalty to Dude. hit body contacts allowed, Cody. Yes. <laughs> Good lord. Send him to so offensive I, lineman school. I would love for Stuart Skinner to steal him one. And maybe last night was one of those games where like if he was just on it and at his A plus, he holds him in it a little bit longer. But also, like, the team in front of them, brutal. Officiating, brutal. So much brutal. Their effort level, brutal. Warren Fogel looked like the only player who woke up in the morning and was like, fuck, we should try win tonight. <laughs> I'll say this, though. If there's, if you're going to have a bad game, you may as well have everybody have a bad game in the, in the same game. Just like in game two, when everyone had a good game at the yeah, same yeah. moment. <laughs> this yeah. has to be, has, like, right now, everyone started putting your money down on the weather for tomorrow. We got to find some middle egg, ground. There was a, a flat tire on game one. Killed him game two. Flat tire game three. Kill him game four. I hope you're right. So do I. I encourage you uh, for Friday, book yourself a table at Greta. We're going to be having a another viewing party. Go to gretabar.com forward slash book. Get your reservations in. I promise you it's going to be a packed house. It's going to kick off our weekend with a big Oilers win. What time's your flight leave? Gretabar.com <laughs> forward slash book. Listen, you're not going, are you? No, oh. absolutely not. <laughs> I thought that, I thought there was something going on I didn't know about. No, like I would love if AMA travels just like, all right, boys, time to go. And I'll be like, ah, my credit card says no. Yeah, I was gonna say if I got if it was like, hey Tyler, we're bringing you back to Vegas, I'd be like, yeah, no. Oh, I got a pretty good picture from the first night there of someone playing the, uh, the craps table and hey, get you by a couple of day or two again. Well, if I had another run like that, then maybe <laughs> we, I'd tell you though, we went ice cold after that one. So. Uh, nope. I will be at Greta on Friday. That's where I am going to be. Gretabar.com forward slash book. If you want to join us, get your reservations in. I promise you it is going to be a packed house. Uh, another couple of things from last night. Uh, Laurent Brassois went down and like he went down hard. So I was at the other end of the rink. I didn't really see what happened. Anybody? I think it's when he kicks out his right leg. Yeah. It looked like when he pushed across, it, like, there's, when you watch the replay, there was no moment where you're like, that was it. No, but, but when, he, can, when he went, he, when he pushed to the other side to make the, the stop of the rebound, there was nothing there to push no, with. There was no nothing. push. Like that's, you knew he was hurt there. So it was either the, the, the reflex of the first shot or the sudden twitch to go from his left to his right to push over. But there is no, no gas and pushing across. Yeah. I think you can kind of tell a little bit about a player's injury based on how they react, right? Like, you know, when a guy blocks a shot and it's like a stinger, right? They're in a lot of pain and they go off. Or I always think about football. Remember that uh, Super Bowl in OBJ? Uh, blew out his ACL yep. and like he just went down and like the look on his face of like oh, yeah. not like sad or whatever but like the looking like oh man he knows it's bad and yep. with Bersois the way he like threw his glove towards the boards when he was down it was just like oh you know like this yep. isn't just like oh I might have tweaked something it's oh, like no, a, I think he's he knows what's up and he missed time already this year with a lower body injury as well didn't he wasn't in the off season didn't he have like hip surgery in the off season too oh I don't know he oh, just seems like he's never healthy. And his initials are LB. Looks like uh, Bruce Cassidy had no update on Brassois today, but based on the injury and just how it looked, I would say doubtful for tomorrow. Okay, hold on, okay. hold on. Okay, now I know he was the number one backup. So are, we, are they then going Aiden Hill? And I don't they're going to bring Jonathan Quick? I don't yeah, think please. I remember Hill after that. Oh, buddy, we sharpened our teeth on Quick there a couple games. Well, oh, I guess man. in the regular season there at the end. What I would do to see Jonathan Quick in this series right now. 
Oh boy, oh boy. Someone take a shot at hell, maybe. Just a little <laughs> Vincent De Arnais on the well, left wing. Can I just add this? Like again, I liked the response at Rogers Place. Everyone stood up and cheered, former Oiler. You feel bad for Laurent Brassois. Yep. Yeah. If you were the Oilers, you sit there for they should have sat there for about five seconds and said, Ooh, that sucks. Oh, pedal to the floor. We got a guy coming in cold right now. Yeah. And instead they were like, you know what? Couple perimeter shots. Let him warm up. Yeah, we'll, we'll let him feel his way into this. Thing. Let's Canadian pass way. it in, maybe. Yeah, the Canadian way. Oh man, like they again. The team just had no. They didn't want to killer fight through instinct. any sort of in- adversity, and they had no killer instinct. Uh, there was we'll no get, north there south. Vegas didn't get their sticks in a lot of shots in front of the net, but yep. still, they need to get past that. It's only a stick. There were so many like side to side pass attempts to no one in particular last night. It was driving me bananas because, like Tyler said, they did not test Aiden Hill whatsoever. It's not like they gave him an extended warm up either. He was like in there, and There's we were going no warm up for a goalie in that situation. So it was frustrating that they didn't throw everything on it. I say shoot from the parking lot all the time. That was a classic time to do it. Yeah, they should have been lining up Bush's shot all the whole time. And go three-quarter shot. Don't yeah. need a bomb because I want you to hit it. Get some in front shot. of his eyes. Yeah, and fire him right out. There was none of that either. There was no chaos in front of the net there from the other side traffic. either. Zero. Zero. Liam, you pointed that out. Like the amount of times he was like, all right, quick little wrister from the point. And he just goes, whoop, scoop yeah. it up. Just right into it. And it's just like, okay, if that's the scouting report, it's like getting sticks in lanes and like getting some tips on it, then sure. But you got to get your sticks there. You can't just shoot from nowhere, right? Like, it doesn't matter. It's so too, frustrating. For the most part, I would say it doesn't matter who you are in the NHL. If you're a goaltender and you can see the shot, you're going to stop it. Yeah. Most cases, they probably. are the best in the world. So, so the Oilers did a very poor job last night of just letting him see everything. Yeah, it was it was a brutal effort, honestly. And just like it just they just got away from basically everything they did in game two. When he to was right three. in front of me where my seats were last night, there was a bunch of shots on him last night that seemed like just what you'd get in warmies, you know? <laughs> just low wristers on the pads, low wristers into the glove, nothing really like I don't know, it was just it was the complete opposite of what we got on Saturday. Yeah. I, uh, I love the guy, but that play where Vinny DeHarnay somehow got set up to walk into the slot <laughs> and then like his stick kind of got stuck and he had to shoot it from an awkward spot. But like you could read the writing on the puck as it fluttered towards an end. Like, oh, game oh, three. Oilers going. Yeah, I wanted one of those tickle the rafters slap shots. Yeah. <laughs> Close your eyes, tickle the rafters, let it bomb. Whatever happens, happens. Uh, so I think a big key for the Oilers going into tomorrow's game, and we'll get to that next, is just let's get some shots. Little chaos. Killer yeah. instinct. Uh, before we tee up game two, BM, because I know we're getting there. Let's pause for an ad. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad. And I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you Everything that you need for a salon quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at uh1.com. We're going back to game two. Oh, sorry, I mean, yes. game two at home. Game four. Yesterday, I saw someone uh, get denied (laughs) entry into Rogers Place because they had their tickets for Wednesday game or round two, game three. Right. But it says that. But that's round two, like the third game at Rogers Place. Home game three. Home game three. Game six. Game six. And the people at the gate 
Uh, understandably, so I guess they were pissed. Like the lady was explaining, like, "Oh, so like you have these for game six And I was like, "This is fucking bullshit." Okay, but I, I get. Okay, I, the, the game thing is confusing, and yeah. I think that's why can't they just put game six on it? Why don't you just put May eighth on it? That too true. Yes, be, also that. Well, because they're like <laughs> because these would be these would probably have been pre-sale. Yeah, like they probably got them super early, right before we knew the schedule or before we even knew if. Ed but at least if you have be, game six on, but there, it is, you know it's it probably game was six. digital. But like then, if the Oilers are the home team, there is no game six here, right? But we knew Vegas, though. I don't know. I just know this guy was. Either very way, like irritated. I feel for the guy because yeah. you're thinking, well, well at least you missed on, the game, you know. Yeah, you feel for him at the before the game starts. You don't feel as bad at the end of the game. Yeah. No, no. And you now you're just home. like, well, you know what, man? Those tickets may be really, really good now. Yeah. <laughs> I Kyle, how do I check to see how many high danger saves Aiden Hill made? Like, three? I'll tell you zero. I just, well, I'm kind of lucky out here. Uh, they showed be. this stat last night of like shots from the slot or something like that, and it was terrible. Is this it right here? High high HDCF? That'd be high danger shot attempts. So okay, not so even that. zero in the second period by the Oilers. Perfect. That sounds that's great. Right. Yeah, and remember, that's not even like shots on goal. That would include like a high danger chance you missed the net on or hit the Block. post or it gets right. blocked. It includes all those. The Oilers did not attempt a single shot from a high danger area in the second period. Says they had five in the third. I can't remember what. Uh, Philip Broberg. Broberg. That's, so I would say when When he stopped Broberg there, I was very close to going home with 15 minutes ago because I was like, if you're going to come back, that one probably had to go in. Who so. shot that backhand right from the top of the slot yep. or top of the crease I would have been considered. I will say though, with high danger chances, they are very vague. Like the one in game, there's one in game one where LB made the save with his the butt end of his stick on Clem Costin, and that technically wasn't a high danger chance. There was a despite the podcast, you would have gone in. If there was a game in the regular season where we got scored, maybe it was Winnipeg or something like that. The dude scored on us from like in the slot, right? And it wasn't considered a high danger. So at that point, I'm like, it's, I don't know what these confusing. fucking things are. Then, um, but just speaking of Hill and the goaltending. What's going to be the starting goalie matchup for game four? That's Skinner. <laughs> it's got to be Stu. It's got to be Stu. Yep. Skinner and Hill. I, I, I wouldn't, I don't want to see it happen. I wouldn't personally do it, but there is a case to start Jack Campbell. I don't think what's so. Your, there is though. Hang on. I, I let's let's dive into it a little bit I after still we don't talk. Think yesterday's pull was because of Skinner. It was to wake the team up and do the same as the, as the LA game. Keep those notes in your mind as we dive into some Boston Pizza Fanalytics. I'll open up the old box score and have a peeky at how our goaltenders did. Because I, I tend Boston. to agree this is, it was a mercy poll. It was, it was like a wake the team up, let's get going. Worked in LA, let's get another yeah. dose of the same thing. But it didn't happen. So brought to you by the Fanalytics, what do we got here? Stu faced... 23 shots, had 19 saves, finished that was an 826. Campbell, 10 shots, 9 saves, had a 900 save percentage. Played just just under half of the game. So Campbell has now played in these playoffs 78 minutes and like 40 seconds. 36 seconds. 78 minutes, 46 seconds. In that time, he has a 947 save percentage. Yeah, but you got to take out yesterday's for the score effects. Let's Vegas, say percentage. They, no, I get you, but Vegas doesn't exactly have their foot on the gas pedal when they're up by four goals. No. So in the LA game, I agree with you because when down three, probably going to be taking it easy, but that thing got tied up and blah, blah, blah. But if you look at the Vegas thing, there, at what point do you think Vegas was ever really fire going out yeah. like killer instinct trying to score? Like, we don't give a shit. Just keep the clock running. Like again, I wouldn't do it and I wouldn't want to see it happen. I want Stu to get his shot. But I think if you were to sit there and you're Jay Woodcroft in your mind going, this team needs a spark. We can't come out flat again. During the regular season, there was almost something to be said of like the way they played in front of Jack Campbell as well. They would like look tighter for whatever reason. Jack Campbell has a 947. He's given us two good relief appearances. Stuart Skinner has been average for us through, you know, nine playoff games now. Let's mix it up a little. I do think Campbell looked better last night than he did in the LA game. He when did. Woodcroft asked about his game four starter, he just said, we'll sleep on our lineup decisions. So there's... No indication from Woody yet, though, as Tyler mentioned, Skinner was. He knows in damn the well who he's playing. Of course he does, but he's not going to tell us. He also, <laughs> he also, they asked if Zach Hyman was day to day, and Woody said, I'm not going to say that. He just wasn't available to skate. <laughs> so, like, Jay Woodcroft goes so far. <laughs> he likes playing those games. Well, yeah. And like, he fucking I, sets up a magic eye, and it's up to you to figure <laughs> it out. Like, Depends sometimes I like gate. it, but sometimes I'm kind of like. Like you could just say, yeah, Zach Hyman's day to day. Like, 
it's not like Vegas is going to be like scrambling, changing their game plans <laughs> because you said he's an unavailable skater. Like sometimes the answers are like so vague that I'm a little like, eh, you could give us something. Anyways. Now, I don't, now I'm trying not to get worried about Hyman not playing. <laughs> I think he'll play. He's been largely a non-factor through and nine playoff games. So just, just, to just dra- need one off the chin. He'll wake him up. Yeah. Goes in the net. He took another one off the head yesterday. And a knee. Brutal. Uh, one thing quickly, I guess, just on how people keep speculating maybe McDavid's hurt. Zach Hyman is hurt and didn't skate today. That should kind of tell you what McDavid's at right now, I think. Yeah, yeah like Connor McDavid hasn't yeah. missed a practice yet. Yes. I was, okay. I was, there was a part of me in the first period yesterday when they went down two that it was like, I was about to start screaming, everybody's hurt, everybody's hurt, everybody must be hurt. This is what's going on. It's like nude, right? Like, yes. like oh, well, he hasn't scored in nine games. He must be hurt. We We're always injured. jump to that. We're injured. The, the snake bite is real for my boy. Zero goals. Like I know he's got six assists, which is fine. But like, yeah, if he had a handful of goals in there, then nobody would be talking about it. But the goals are not going in. He had a great, like Rick said, he had a great chance on the backhand from the slot. Didn't get it to go. He's hit countless posts. Might do a little sacrifice for him at some point here. That's a big thing too on the post. You only see the post twice in the first period. Which yeah, if we're if like that separate. one dry slide goes in, like yeah. maybe we're talking about a different game entirely. Completely but. different. It was the first period in multiple different ways swayed the outcome of the game, and the others could just never get back on the tracks because they allowed the refs to get in their own heads. But one thing it does point out is that they have an issue with trying to overcome some sort of internal struggles. It is not yep. good. Yep. Dialing back into the numbers a little bit for our friends at Boston Pizza and the Fanalytics menu again. Pizza flights. Yesterday they had a post on Twitter. And I saw deep fried pickles. And what do I want to do? I want to eat 15,000 of them. I love deep fried pickles. Will I? Maybe. I eat my feelings sometimes. What I want to get to, get to is 33 shots for Vegas, 28 for the Oilers. Just not nearly enough. They got outshot two to one in the first period. Second period, which was a disaster. Shots were even somehow. And then they picked it up a little bit in the third. Like I, the Oilers need to put more pucks on net. Yeah. They did that in the f- second game. That exactly. first period was yeah. ridiculous. Exactly. There is your, there's your formula. There's their formula and it's right there. And the fact that they got away from it so drastically in game three was what was bothered from me. From the guys in stripes, but I agree with you. Again, like removing the refs, the Oilers didn't do themselves any favors either. No, they didn't help each other. So if I want a fanalytics boost in game four, pucks on net has got to be a huge one. Has to be. Has to be. I don't care if it's Aiden Hill in net. I don't care if it's a pro in net magically. I don't care if Jonathan Quick comes up from the ashes. I kind of do. <laughs> well, I do want him to be in that. <laughs> Logan Thompson uh, from the ashes would be the right one. Just to back up the point you're making again with those numbers in the game last night. Wait, no, sorry. That would be uh, game one of the series. I uh, I totally had it wrong. In game two of the series, you were talking about how many pucks they threw on net and just how high that number was. 18 Nine. shot attempts at five on five. In the first, in, in uh, game two, yeah, in the first, in the first period alone, yeah, yeah, yeah like <laughs> thirty-one if you count the power play. I was gonna say shot attempts. I mean, we were actually were on goal. Nineteen on goal. In yeah, nineteen that game. shots on goal in the first period. That's how you set the tone. Yeah. Because let me tell you, last night, Tyler, you can bag me up on it. Rogers' place was electric at the start of the game. It was a library. It was quickly after bumping in there. Yeah. And the man did get quiet by the time I like my rule is always, I will sit there until the buzzer goes, no matter what the fuck is going on. And it was mighty quiet. At the Even like when they went period. down three, one, there's a point there. I was like, Oh God, the crowd is like actually out of it right now. And I think part of it is just, and I've always said this about Oilers fans when people are like, Oh, why is it so quiet in the regular season and stuff like that? And I was like, it's a, like we're a smart fan base and we're almost, you know what's going on and we're passionate but we're not like stupid passionate. We're like in Vegas, they were down four in the third starting go nights, go chance. And I'm like in Edmonton, you're not getting that because people know they're not coming back (laughs) and they're pissed off about what is going on. Right? Like there's some places you think about like college sports, right? It's a bunch of rowdy drunk kids who just want to go scream their faces off and like would do whatever. And Oilers fans are almost like too smart to be like, we got to cheer harder to bring them into it in the third. No, they're pissed off about what's going on. One thing that always gets me is that if you watch any like European soccer and it's probably all of all of Europe, you've got these teams that are like bottom dwellers in the top league and they're, they go whatever, two and 35. And those mother, they are singing and dancing and chanting yeah. the whole damn time. Doesn't matter if they're up, there's one, one or they're down seven, nothing. 
that's actually really cool to me, but I get it. I'm, I wouldn't be able to do that. It's so. like, there was a guy last night who DM me and said, why the fuck are Weathers fans always so quiet in the playoffs? I'm like, yeah, lots to cheer about when it's five, one. Yeah. Like, what do people expect us to be happy? It's like today people are questioning why Tyler and I being critical. It's like, they lost five one and they were horrendous. Like things happen and you kind of live in. It doesn't the moment, mean you give right? up. Yeah, like, nobody's like, throwing the towel in. But no. like, let's be honest. Last night was a dog shit game for worst countless it, reasons. I think that was our worst game of the season, and I can't think of another time this year where I was like, "Man, that was horrendous." They like, I mean, the one that always stands out to me is when they blew that lead and lost to the Canucks on home ice. That, that was, one was yeah, ugly. That was bad. Last night is just because, yeah, it's, it's the worst playoff game I've seen them play in a couple of years. There's a Seattle one in there too. That was pretty bad. On the bright side, that. there's nowhere to go but up. Yeah. You know? Well, uh, sure. Shut up. <laughs> I don't know if people have caught on to this, but I, like talking about this, talking about your, like your feelings is kind of therapeutic. <laughs> it is very cathartic. I wonder if the world would be a better place if yeah, we took if, yeah, this and talk to our feelings and put it into yeah, our yeah. everyday life. I came in today, like no radio, no nothing, just dead silent. Don't want to talk about anything. I haven't watched TV. I'm going to do that on the way home. Just listen to the engine purr. Bro, know? I can't wait for tomorrow night right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There All you way go. home. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, for our friends at Betway, I got slaughtered last night. In the worst way, I went 0 for 4 on all my risky business bets that I post up on the site. It was a bloodbath. How do you how do you boys do? Did anybody have any salvage bets that went through? Who Part picked Fogel to score? Definitely right. not me. <laughs> well, I don't think anyone had Derek Ryan assists, so it should be a pretty quiet night, I think, for yep. that way crowd. Shot props weren't hit and nothing went. Shot props weren't hitting my, I went uh, Connor Lee on goal again. Cause I got greedy after Saturday when I hit it again, no one there. I had a new Jenny time goal. One time I'll get this fucking new Jenny time goal. <laughs> Did not hit. So yeah, it was a rough one. Well, there's a plus one twenty to win the series on Betway right now. Plus one forty to go six plus one ten to go seven plus 400 to go five. So don't bound that one. <laughs> so don't bet on that. <laughs> Why is it still available? I don't know. They Sorry, should... What are the odds in the Oilers to win the series again? Plus one twenty. Vegas is minus one forty three. The Oilers to win this for the Oilers to win the series. Four two is plus three thirty, and then to win in seven is plus three hundred. So well, you're better a, off not even betting on the others to win this series directly, but instead to make one of those two. Yeah, yeah but if you're going to bet on them to win 4-2, let's say you're going to put 100 bucks on it and it yeah. pays plus 320. 50-50. Or just go and bet on them 100 bucks to win next game and then roll the profit and then roll the profit again and you'll end up with more money. Yeah, but what if they lose the next game, then he went three in a row. And it's going to bow on all three of them. System then you just start the next day. Tyler. Yeah, that's your Remchuk math there on that. Your Remchuk Industries on the... Uh, he can roll that off his tongue the immediately. Now just roll it over. I have no idea if the math works. I think it does, though. <laughs> just roll it over, everybody. Sounds good. You heard it here first. But yeah. ultimately, games like last night, that's why you bet responsibly. You know? <laughs> yes, that is actually a great lesson. There you go. It's games like Saturday, which makes you really a little more irresponsibly the next game. Yeah. No. hundred percent. You're chasing the dragon there a little oh, bit. And yeah. I got caught with that last night. No one so to hold them. No one to fold them. <laughs> I did not fold them. I sat there and took my the kicks record, to the shit. You, you never should fold them. Change of gears a little bit. Uh, the NHL draft lottery happened last night, right before the Oilers game started. And as everybody was thrilled about the results based on what I could see on Twitter, the Chicago, Chicago Blackhawks <laughs> ended up winning it. So people out in the office yelling rigged in there. What was everybody's thoughts on Chicago getting the first overall pick? I mean, they might be the worst team in the NHL. Still. Yeah, still with him. Like, what was it, Tyler? The best player coming back? Highest paid player coming back is Tyler Johnson. Their highest paid forward, forward is Tyler sorry. Johnson. They have eight forwards under contract for next year, and only three of them make more than a million dollars. Hell yeah. The good news is no teams tank. So <laughs> yes, that is true. That was yeah, didn't Gary say that on January the twenty second yeah. of this year. As the, that no teams tank, and the Chicago Blackhawks were in week three of Jujar Kara <laughs> being their top line left winger. No one's tanking, I swear. Somebody posted a video last night. Uh, have you ever seen the one of 
Colby and Shaq when they're like dialed in on the Lakers and they're just doing dunks and alley oops to each other. Somebody captioned it Connor Bedard and Juja Kara next season. <laughs> <laughs> I, was, I was in tears. I thought it was so funny. But yeah, Kevin Weeks really made a meal of that whole thing by announcing the third pick before do people, it was announced. Do people understand that the draft lottery happens before the show starts recording? So no. I was talking to Frank Saravalli this morning. We just were doing a check-in call and he was, how would you describe it, Tyler? He was locked in the room, no phone, he no laptop. He gave up all his electronics and he got to sit in the room and go read the article. It's cool. So it's so, a part of the conspiracy is what you're saying. And they do film it all for like records. And they at the start of the video, Gary Bettman has three different newspapers in front of him and he holds them all up to confirm the date. The date. Yeah. <laughs> Frank's, so Frank's story on it is so good. You need to read it. But like what I was talking about with Frank, I was just like, so you were in the room. You did the story. I read the story. It's great. Go check it out at dailyfaceoff.com. But why don't they do that live? I, you know, I've kind of thought that too. So other leagues do do it live, like just to bring a talk, like the WHL does it live, but except they, I don't think they do 16 teams or whatever it is. They only do like six. So it's like a little bit of a smaller scale, but like clearly you know how to do yeah. this. What was the timeline? How, how long was it? I think how it only takes, take Frank, like in the, I think it only the takes like 20 minutes. So the whole like no phone time is 20 minutes. I bet you half the time is just looking for the friggin' number combination well, on the list. I, I think a lot of it is like a legal thing too. I shouldn't say 20 minutes. Cause like the ball popping up was every 20 seconds. That was the number I was thinking of every 20 seconds. They call for a new ball. So it really only takes like whatever 20 times five is hundred seconds, a minute, 40 seconds Whoa. for them to pop up. Wow. That's good math. Good but and I think a big chunk of it is <laughs> I, a big chunk of it is like legal, right? Like them reading out to the room of executives, like this is going to happen, blah, blah, blah. Batman holds up the newspaper. You don't need to broadcast any of that, but this is the point Frank made. How electric would it be? They pop up the first ball and Sportsnet has live, the live percentage changer based on all the combinations. Yeah. Second ball, boom. third ball, boom. I mean, and then you get everybody face off and then if a face off percentage, yeah. Change, yeah, yeah. you get everybody jacked up that you've got, Oh, my balls, my balls are right there. And, yeah. and also you could have like a little ISO can in the corner of the room. So yeah. you could have some television broadcast time to just talk about it ahead of time as yeah. well. But like, so you it's don't just, want to see Daniel Briere with a blank wall behind her. <laughs> that was there. so funny. Literally, like, was the blink, plainest blink man twice. If you're like, I think he's in trouble. Here. It wasn't even Briere. It was just a picture of Briere <laughs> in front of a camera. <laughs> the cutout. I, I, I actually quite like when they brought on Pierre Dorian and put him next to Bill Armstrong. And they were just like, yeah, Ottawa doesn't get this pick anymore. And they just took him off the screen. It's like, <laughs> wow, what a shot on that guy for no reason. Could have <laughs> just said Arizona, get it? But whatever why did it take so long like i don't know if like the chicago fans waited to see chicago go up. like as soon as you knew that colorado dropped or sorry columbus dropped you knew it's because chicago jumped well, chicago could have jumped to two though and that's where oh. and that's where some of the conspiracy conversation came from is because how can they jump to two because if they if they had won so, the or no yeah sorry, so they do down. a lottery they pop up five balls for first overall yeah it landed on chicago then they pop up another five balls for second overall and it landed Anaheim. That's the new. That's the new way of doing. So that. again, when live in the moment, it would have been like anticlimactic to do that second one for Chicago or for Anaheim, I guess. Um, but yeah, you can move up one or drop back two, or move up however many and drop Ten. back two. It's three picks. Ten, yeah. The three, the top three Ten. picks get. So they dropped. do do like two rounds of the balls popping up. Oh, I thought it was two, three. Which, as Frank pointed out, is how you know because again, live in the moment, they don't change out the balls or anything like that. They run the whole thing again. A different combo of five pops up and you have your second overall pick. And that's how, you know, like the balls aren't weighted or something like that. Yeah. It's like, as soon as I like watch, I was watching it. And as once they move Columbus down, I was like, well, obviously Chicago won. So maybe that's, but yeah, that's jumping why. the butt bit. The uh -huh. star that came up on the screen though, that made everybody believe that they were announcing. That was some pick before the pick was announced. Yeah. If you forgetting the fact that they knew ahead of the entire broadcast, they already knew. It wasn't, yeah. it was already over. It was already spoiled. So but Bill Daly doesn't know, which I find funny. Oh, so like, as he's flipping over those cards, he's finding out in real time too. Good. It's like WWE announcers. Yeah. 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 Kind of. You still um, want the actual. You want the, the real life to it. Don't yeah. You? yeah. And you like want... Kyle Davidson wouldn't have known he was getting the first overall yeah. pick because he's not one of the executives in the room. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, Liam. Today you wrote a uh, yes. winners and losers from the NHL draft lottery. Uh, give us a couple of what you thought there. 
Uh, I thought it was hilarious that Arizona Coyotes didn't get a top five pick considering they wanted to be the worst team in the league and their players basically just said, F you, we will not be that bad. And then they <laughs> probably going to miss out on the top five players who are all very, very good. Like I put in there as one of my winners too was, uh, what is it? Anaheim, Columbus, Chicago, San Jose, and Montreal, because those five players are pretty much franchise changing players. I think like uh, Connor Bedard, Fantilli and Leo Carlson are all elite elite. And it's like Will Smith and Mishkov, who's kind of the Will wild Smith? card. Yeah, he's, he's wow. Yeah, he's making a comeback. Yeah, he's, a he's making a comeback. He's a singer, taking a pivot. <laughs> yes, basketball and everything. But just um, to the NHL, <laughs> the fact Arizona just isn't going to get one of those guys unless Mishkov falls. I think it's just very funny considering what was that team? Who'd they have? Uh, what's from Elka? From no, no, no. The, all the players they had that never played, like Shea Weber, oh, yeah, Hosa, yeah. Right. Like all those guys. Like, Chris Pronger. Hilarious. Yeah, their, their golf team. Yeah. And also I gave a little shout at Kevin Weeks too. Sorry, Kevin. I like <laughs> Kevin Weeks coming script. to you live. He's upset at Liam. <laughs> Just like why? I don't mean this to be rude, but it's going to sound very rude. Why is Kevin Weeks hosting an event like this? And the ability to screw that up. Surely there's someone in the NHL network who is like a trained host of an event. Like Ron McLean? Sure. Or literally anybody else. Like Kevin Weeks is a former NHL goaltender who just, I don't know, he's an analyst, right? Yeah. Just kind of, yeah. I thought it was weird. I don't know. It wasn't a slip up in like, it wasn't like competence, really. It was just like it popped up and I don't know. That's what I mean, though. Like the, why? Yeah, I guess he should have known not to say anything until like you know mics are always hot. Yeah, kind of weird, but yeah, it was weird. It, ma- it made me laugh. What were everybody's uh, thoughts when you saw it was the Blackhawks? I mean, I don't think they should have had a pick. First of all, just with everything that kind of went down, like the NHL has taken picks away from teams for literally nothing yeah, for and running sh- practices yeah. in off season. Yeah, and Chicago got their pick after everything that happened. I just think it was wrong that that happened, and it just seems like another situation where the NHL is just getting in the way of themselves once again. Although I want to, I have, I have something, a little bit of a beef with some of this. I agree. Like the sanctions on the Hawks were brutal, but Frank tweeted out that thing that for good luck, Kyle Davidson wrote the name of yep. his daughter. And then the name of the daughter he never got to meet because passed away during the pregnancy on his hand. And the comments were all like, should have wrote Kyle Beach's name. Blah, blah, blah. Kyle Davidson wasn't there, man. Yeah. Kyle Davidson was like <laughs> think- 23 when that happened. And he was not in yeah. any front offices. Like that- fuck people are I think weird. that's really important to that. Like fair for sure. everybody hears yeah. that. Every part of that Chicago organization has been wiped clean from president all the way down to player like Jonathan Taves will not be there now. Patrick Kane will not be there. Like it's been wiped clean. And again, like the ownership, I guess, is still going to benefit from this. They got two and a half million dollars in season ticket. And like that sucks. It's shitty. I don't like the, the franchise didn't deserve it. But the people in the organization are like. It's total turnover. Kyle Davidson did not do anything wrong. You're hundred yeah. percent right. He's what I would, too. the only thing I would say is not his fault should be his problem. Yeah, yeah. sure. Yeah. But That's fair. my final thought is I'm just glad the Anaheim Ducks didn't win the draw. <laughs> I saw you tweet that. Like, what was your thing in there? I just hate the Anaheim Ducks. Yeah. yeah they fair. don't deserve anything nice after what Ryan Kessler did to us. <laughs> fair. Yeah. You know what? Yeah. Now that I know that's the reason I agree. <laughs> Thing on my mind was, can we get the damn weather game going, please? <laughs> I didn't give two shits about that thing last night. And then you it were is thinking, nice not we like back? I didn't even know it was happening until I saw it on Twitter. I was like, oh yeah, that is tonight. Yeah, yeah, it's whatever. You know what? I'm not worried about him. Well, and also the draft is now in Nashville, so Chicago and Nashville, of course, have a quite a rivalry. So, well, so he's going go to go back to Nashville now. He's going to get heavily booed at the draft as well as home. That's just going to be the added cherry on top. You got to put the Oiler Nation sticker back now. I will. Thank you. It's the only reason I'm going. I, yeah. I will say, even though the others don't have a pick in this draft, I'm, I'm very, very excited for it. This 2005 class was the first one. The first year I started scouting was these kids when they were in U15. So it's kind of cool. And there's a lot of, Lot of good Western Canadian players in this one. Zach Benson is one I pointed what out. Here, did you say these kids were born? Two thousand and five. One more time, please. Two thousand and five. Going home. <laughs> yeah, we're old. I was already out of high school. And you're old. <laughs> high you're school, old. Dude, that, was one year, that was I one know. year away from the yourself uh, in with us. Run. <laughs> yeah, that was one year away from. We're ancient. Run. Yep, not me though. I uh, I haven't aged at all. I don't feel <laughs> old at all. You, you had to jog around our hotel room to start the engines. That is true. I do that. Yeah, yeah. Hey, you know what? <laughs> Vegas, baby. Maybe some jumping jacks. 
By the way, shout out to our friends at AMA Travel. I know we didn't do a breakdown of our trip to Vegas on this podcast. I mean, we did a little bit when we were there for the Friday episode, but it was great. Had a great time. Uh, AMA Travel made it very, very easy for us, especially with the schedule change. A lot of things got fucked up. We met so many people. I'm not going to repeat everything that we said on Friday, but we met so many people that just their travel, their plans were just ruined. And without AMA travel, we wouldn't have had as easy of a go as we did. Really quickly, before we get to word association, I just want to do, let's do a couple of keys to victory to bounce back in game four. Make sure that we got the series evened up when we head back to Vegas in game five. Give a shit. That's a big one. Rick? Execute. Whomst? Everybody. Everything. Except Fogel. He deserved a night off. Everything. You want the team to execute or you want to execute everybody? Well, well, it depends what happens. Yeah, I'll tell you <laughs> pre-game answer that and a video post-game that, answer. That video that we posted on OA to the coach slapping each player <laughs> walking by. Yeah. That was a good that was funny. That was exactly it. Dan, key to victory for Shots team. on net. I want Aiden Hill's pads to be the color of the puck. 1A, shots on net. 1B, bodies in front. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Let's see if, if his pads are the same color as the puck. That means he made all the saves. Rick, you know what I meant. <laughs> no, I want them to replace the net. Then how's that? Yeah, I want the net to rip through. Yes, uh, my key to victory, dude. Literally the complete opposite of what you did yesterday, and they should be fine. And I'll just add on to that. Simplify. They played such a simple game in game two. The results were there. That's how the Oilers are successful. Don't try and get cute. Let's get greasy. Let's create our own chaos. They got this. They got this. Tyler. It is time for your award-winning segment. We have got how many words and what is our order for word association? Four. All need to be one-word answers this time, all right? Oh. Rules are. Jay's not invited. Mm. Rules are. And we'll go Liam first. No. But but then we're going to go around to BM me, and then we'll end with Dan's. Dan gets to go last today. Wow. Ready? Mm, Let's go. I don't know. Number one, Ryan Nugent Hopkins. Nuge. Cold. <laughs> Icy. Invisible. Do. Mm. Oh, I like that little positive, positive spin on that <laughs> one. I know that. Last night's refing. Horrendous. Shit. Shit. Par for the course. Yeah, okay, there's uh, hyphens in that. <laughs> uh, average. Shitty. For the league, that's what I'm saying. How will the Oilers respond tomorrow? Positively, flex, flex. Oh, uh, we just caught it. You <laughs> big win, electric Leafs being down three nothing. <laughs> uh, lol, I don't care. Hilarious, Hyphens. unremarkable. Job's not done. Like, I care about the Oilers series, I don't give a fuck about theirs. Fair. Tomorrow night could be really fun, though. I was saying to Rick and and Tyler before the show was, if they get swept, they will be the only team in the salary cap era still not to win a game in round two, despite getting that. When did the salary cap come in? Oh, four oh five. Yeah. Oh my. When all the when Bedard was born. (laughs) (laughs) Special team, the Toronto Maple Leafs. What would we do without you? We'd all be laughed at way more. We'd probably get better that's, coverage on TV and literally true. everything else. We sure. would probably be the butt of a lot more jokes, though. Yeah. Oilers in general. We should all be thankful for them, really. It's true. The Bruins fans should be thankful for them. <laughs> yes, definitely. That's really saving There's their lives. There's a Canadian team or two that have gone out. Like, we went two series in 17? Three? Three series. Yeah, two series. Two series. Went three series last year. We're at two right now. Every team in Canada has gone to a conference final besides the Toronto Maple Leafs in the Stanley Cup. Thanks oh, to the yeah, bubble for Montreal Canadians. Yeah. Thankfully, right? thankfully, none of them won. Winnipeg did. No. The They've Jets. at least won a round. Yeah, yeah they, they, went they went on that run and they met Vegas one year. Did right. they, they met did Vegas they in the conference Vegas' inaugural, uh, inaugural season. I thought it was right. Nashville in the conference finals. They okay. won around. They've definitely won around. I can tell you that. Yeah. Like, yes. Yes. Well, they beat us. <laughs> Damn they have won around, yes. <laughs> that stupid yeah, Light Seltzer can. The worst part about that is that the league has had two expansion teams and they've both won games in round two before Toronto did. Seattle and Vegas. Yeah, they start on third base, though. <laughs> True. Is there one more, Tyler? No, that was all. Oh, okay. Oh. Ah. I was waiting with well. baby breath. <laughs> 
shit segment. <laughs> Another <laughs> excellent. During the episode this time, you were you had that done beforehand, didn't you? I got it done during the delicious debate, yeah. Nice. <laughs> wow. There we go. There we go. We'll wrap up the episode, the Tuesday episode of Oilers Nation Radio. Here's hoping on Friday we are celebrating a series even, uh, evening? Evening up. Score prediction for tomorrow, Liam. 5-1, Oilers. 4-2, Oilers, Dan. 7-2, Oilers. 6-2. 5 rip. Yup. I like it. There you have it. For our friends at Greta Boston Pizza, AMA Travel, and Betway, thank you for being here. If you're in Edmonton, make sure to pop into a noodle noodle, get yourself some stickers. If they are out of stickers at any of the locations, just let us know. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. We will have them restocked. We'll have them ready for you. Until Friday, put out some positive mojo into the, into the universe. Let's make sacrifices to the hockey gourds if we need to. Let's all have alibis provided that you are making sacrifices. Don't actually do that. Allegedly, in my opinion. Tyler? Yeah. Final thoughts? Uh, no, not really. All right. Go Oilers. Go Oilers. Go. Let's go. Let's go. Kill. Kill.